0: Hey everybody, welcome to Adoptees Crossing Lines, the not-so-feel-good podcast. If you're looking for something that's grateful adoptees, this probably isn't the one for you. Go ahead and keep scrolling and looking for another podcast. That's not what we're about over here. We're back. Y'all ready? Let's go.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: All right, so for today's episode, we're going to be talking about adoptees as parents I am not a parent, but Tasha and Noelle are. So this will be a sort of an interview style show and I will get to kick back and relax and I will be back for the next episode for real, for real. All right. So I guess we can start with, do you feel like being an adoptee has impacted the way that you parent? And if so, What are some of the ways in which you feel like it has?
1: So I would love to tell a backstory, a bit of a backstory about my eldest son. so when I was pregnant with him, my adoptive mother continued to express this concern that I would not be able to bond with the child because I had not bonded with her. So there was a plan to take him from me because she felt that I could not bond with anyone because I had not bonded with her. So I was terrified that somehow I was going to reject my child. And the exact opposite happened, happy to report. But I was so concerned that I would not be able to love a child because I didn't have any feelings of love for my adoptive family.
2: So for me... When I think about being a parent and being an adoptee and parenting, I'm not sure if it's affected the way I parent. I started out being a helicopter mom, so maybe so, but it definitely affects some of the decisions I make. I'm more protective. Perhaps that is a side effect. I'm not sure. He's six years old and has never been babysat by anyone else outside the family. We also live in a crazy world. That could be part of it, too. But most of my issues started before he was born. The thought process and thinking about how could someone give up a child was definitely that was weighing heavy on my mind. Like, how could this happen? So I kind of went into my head a little bit. And when my child came, I wanted, I isolated myself. I just wanted to do everything on my own. I think being adoptee definitely affected that. I know we'll talk further about stuff like this farther along, but I also, I wasn't sure if I was reading into it, but with my mother not being able to have a child of her own, I didn't know it. Some things felt kind of off and kind of weird and just kind of uncomfortable. So I said, let me just isolate myself, focus on me and my child, and I can get back to any adoptee related issues as far as being a parent later on.
1: I resonate with that. So my baby daddy, as they say, he uh, wanted me to put my firstborn up for adoption The same child that I was talking about as far as, as connecting and bonding with him. And he wanted me to, we're both adopted, and he wanted me to put him up for adoption. And there was no way in blue hell that I was putting my child up for adoption. I absolutely could not do it. I knew I was keeping that baby from the day that I knew that I was pregnant.
2: Yeah, for me, adoption was never, ever on the table, I am pro-choice, so for me it was either that or I'm keeping this baby. So obviously that's what I did. But I just and and when I was um, back when I was in the fog, adoption was an option. I was like, oh, I was adopted. This is great. I want to adopt later on as well. I am so out of the fog. I can't even believe I ever even thought that there is no way.
0: I'm not a parent, but I really resonated with what Tasha just said, because I used to be like that too. I was like, yeah, I really want to adopt. I want to give back. Like, and that just sounds so disgusting coming out of my mouth right now. Like if somebody were to say that to me, I would look at them crazy. So I have a question. Actually, I have a question for you, Noelle. So you were saying that your baby daddy, both of y'all were adopted and you never, the thought of adoption never crossed your mind, but it was something that he suggested. Would you say that he was still in the fog? Is that part of why you feel like he suggested that or or was at least open to it?
1: So he was a late discovery adoptee. He didn't find out that he was adopted until he was in high school. And then he also found out that his Sister was his mother. So he had a lot going on that I think he had not processed. But for him, adoption happened all in his family. It did not have the same kind of severance that mine had had. So I think we were coming from very different places as far as adoption goes. I mean, he had his biological mother in his life, his whole life. He didn't necessarily know who she was for a period of time, but he never actually lost her. So I think we were coming from very different places around adoption. For me, adoption was just catastrophic and I couldn't imagine putting a baby through that. And like Tasha, it it would have either been an abortion or I was having the baby. And I've really, I decided to have the baby.
2: What was the reason, if you don't mind me asking, for wanting to put it for adoption? Was it Resources, age, like what did he give a reason? Didn't want to be a parent?
1: We were 19. We had had sex with each other exactly one time. And he didn't, you know, we didn't have a commitment to each other in any particular way. And we were very young. And I I do think that not being together had something to do with it. But he just didn't think that we should try and raise a child.
0: That's really interesting. I think it'd be really interesting
1: to have a conversation
0: with an adoptee who was adopted within their family. Because I do think that that, I imagine that would make for a different experience because it is indeed family. Like You are with biological folks, but you might not be with your your parents. So I think that would make for an interesting episode. Also, you said he was a late discovery adoptee. I think that would be really interesting to talk about, too, as well. So I want to I pose this question that came in on Twitter from the user Chilean Adoptee, and it says, how do you explain your grief to your kids?
1: I think now that my children are older, they really appreciate what I went through as a child, and they appreciate What I'm feeling towards my biological mother now, my biological mother and her her husband are coming up to visit for the first time in April, and my children are very excited to meet their grandparents, and, you know, I think they really appreciated that I did not get a good adoptive mother by any stretch of the imagination. And by virtue of being a shit adoptive mother, she was also a shit adoptive grandmother. So they had no grandmother, no grandparent experience uh, at all. So uh, it was really not not ever a conversation. I don't remember ever sitting down with them and explaining to them how painful this was or anything like that. And I find that they're very protective of me around it. So they were very protective and hesitant around my biological mother for a while, just because I think they weren't sure how that was going to turn out.
2: And for my situation, my son is just six. So I've kind of started to mentally prepare myself for whenever that conversation does happen. I would have preferred to be in control of said conversation, but my mother already let him know that I did not come from her belly. And I was not uh, privy to that conversation, didn't know it had happened. He came to me after. So (laughs) she doesn't even know we had that conversation. So I'll have to visit that at some other time. I would have preferred to have full ownership of that. So speaking of being protective... I'm going to be very protective of that. I want him to understand it in a very healthy way. And I don't want him to look at them any differently or anything like that. So that's why I prefer to have that conversation with him. You know, I don't even want to put an age out there because every kid is different. Everyone matures differently, handles information differently. But when we have that conversation, it will be a beautiful conversation. I want to protect it. I want to let him know that mental health is something that we need to focus on. And I just want him to make sure that he grows up not being someone who teases people about it, makes a joke about it, you know, think what we're trying to do here is what I'm going to instill in my child.
1: I think my children knew my whole life, their whole lives. I think my children knew their whole lives that I was adopted. I don't ever remember having a moment where I explained to them what adoption was or explained to them that my adoptive mother was not my biological mother. I don't remember ever having those conversations with them. I think they just always knew that I was adopted. So, there wasn't this this big reveal for them. As Tasha was talking, I was thinking about I had this I had this moment in time where I felt like my children didn't appreciate that I kept them, that they didn't appreciate that giving them up was an option um i've walked that back i now realize that that was some sort of grateful narrative that i was drawing around my children um and an unfair narrative at that but i don't think it's ever occurred to them that they they had they weren't given up for an adoption or that they they live with their biological mother, etc. Like I don't I don't think that I instilled anything in them that caused them to have that realization. It makes me think just about like how there's almost some level of
0: privilege to have been raised or grown up with your biological parents. And unfortunately a privilege that we didn't get to experience but i feel like it's one of those things where it's like you don't really know because you don't you don't know anything different like this is the only experience that you've ever had i have another question for you guys so what are some of the positive ways or or maybe things that you think are advantageous as an adoptee and just parenting?
2: I would say for me, it's the mental health part. Like There were some struggles that I had with my son, um, just being a super energetic child. And I think with my experience with being an adoptee and me going to therapy, I did not hesitate to seek help for him. And I kind of think if I was someone who did not have my own mental health struggles, I may have dismissed it, may have said, oh, he's just a boy, he has high energy, and would have dismissed it. But I think me being in tune to mental health is definitely going to help raise him. Because case in point, my mother, she is not someone who's really into mental health. She always asks me, are you done yet? (laughs) Do you still need to go? Why are you taking medication? You know, things of that nature. Like She hasn't embraced it because I guess she'd rather create her own world and doesn't want anything to affect that. But with me being adopted, I want to make sure that I keep him safe and let him know that, you know, you can talk about things and it's okay. So being adopted, I think I'm more
1: sensitive to certain issues. For me, I think that... I have this ferocious fiery love for my children. It's a it's a a deep primal love for my children. Having them raising them, I raised uh I raised them alone. Um my daughter's father died when he she was in 4th grade, I think. So I've single parented all three of them although I did have a partner for a period of time for my youngest. And there was just a deep, unabiding love for my children. I knew that they were precious in ways that I don't think non-adoptees have to think about. Um, I I knew, not only did I know that they were precious, I also understood that there was a system there that if I misstepped, if I couldn't cut it, if I didn't do what I needed to do, there was a system there that would come and take them away. And so I lived in fear of that as well. But I just have a deep, primal, fiery love for my children. And there was something about having them that was healing for me as an adoptee. It, it allowed me to love someone I was related to see someone that looked like me for the first time in my life? That part was huge for me.
2: Like I had this whole empty void my entire life, not ever seeing someone that looked like me. And that bond right there, it it didn't feel the whole void, but it definitely had a huge impact on that internal void that I had. So that, that was something that I didn't expect it would have hit me as hard as it did, which made it even worse. Like, how could someone give a child up? I do not understand. But I can definitely resonate with that.
0: That's so beautiful. At, at this present moment, I'm very like, I want to be the cool black auntie, but that was really beautiful. Like, my best friend should often ask me, like, Leah, don't you want to see like your DNA on somebody else's face? And I'm like, Yeah, kind of, but like. Also kids are a lot of work and I'm kind of selfish right now and I like my alone time. I like to go to the bathroom in peace. Like so I'm good, but that is really beautiful to be able to see your your face on someone else and seeing someone that you're related to. So on the flip side of that, what are some, you know, disadvantages or ways or maybe like maladaptive as, you know, an adoptee and parenting?
1: So I was really super hard on my boys. I They had to be perfect. They had to be clean all the time. They were not allowed to act like children most of the time, you know, unless they were home in a safe space in their room playing. I really had this expectation of them. And I know that I was very, very hard on them. And the other thing is, and I shared this on um, our Blackness episode, my oldest son said to me, I I wish that you were the Black woman that you are now when you were raising us. So I had this very, extremely messed up way that I raised them that I'm owning. You know, I I didn't know any better. I had been told my whole life to be quiet and to, to you know, not be angry and not be violent and all of those things. And so I translated that directly to them. And there were no other examples for me for parenting. I can definitely understand that.
2: I guess part of my, the hard part for me is raising him while I'm dealing with the trauma that adoption comes with and being an adoptee, the ups and downs, sometimes more downs than ups. Than feeling guilty for feeling down, not being able to explain it to him why mommy's not so happy, why mommy's eyes are wet, (laughs) you know, things like that. And recognizing when I need to talk to someone, because at the end of the day, then I get more upset that I've affected my child and I hate that. And then I overcompensate and wanna go here, wanna go there, working through my stuff through him. And I was a perfectionist growing up. And I'm trying really hard to make him not the same way. You know, try your hardest, do your best. But I don't want to pass on my fears and my traumas to him. And I think sometimes I may go too far in the opposite. You know, I used to be like, let's you know make sure we're reading all the time, doing everything we're supposed to do. And then at one point I'm like, you haven't done any of that in a long time. What's going on? And having to dig down deep and recognizing where it's coming from and then having to constantly reset myself. So at least I recognize it, but, um, it can be, it can be tough sometimes.
1: The house that I was raised in was so violent and I, you know, I will admit that I spanked my children. I spanked the boys and I thought it was necessary to have that kind of punishment to raise good boys, especially good black boys, that they needed this hardness from me, that little girl, my daughter, I never touched a hair on that girl's head she she's you know she 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 grew up very different than they did, and she grew up to be equally as wonderful a human being as they did, and it is my biggest regret is that I did not feel like I could love them through life. I felt like I had to herd them, I had to drive them through life. It's one of my biggest regrets.
0: You must have read my mind, Noel. My next question was going to be, is there anything that you wish that you could have done differently now that, you Noel, know, I know your kids are grown. And I guess for you, Tasha, like, is there anything that maybe you were doing before and maybe you kind of realized, hey, like, this might be like my trauma coming through and kind of adapted to do it in a different way?
2: Yep. Just like what Noelle said, I did the same thing. I grew up in a heavy-handed household a little bit, and so I noticed I was doing the same thing. So I'm not sure if that's really adoption or adoptee-related, just you know, kind of mimicking the household. But then as I kind of think about how she grew up and things that she went through, maybe I am doing that. I have no idea, but yeah, that's probably regret because I look back and I have those images of me putting my hands on him, and then they're so innocent and so fragile and you feel terrible. And I haven't done that in so long. And in a lot of ways, it's not even all that effective. So that's probably one of my biggest regrets.
0: Tasha, you said something earlier. I don't remember the exact phrasing, but essentially like using, I think like using your child as a means to like heal or something to that effect is, is that what you were, what you were saying?
1: Yeah, it was healing for me to have my children, uh, again, to have the opportunity to raise them. There was something about keeping them. So I had Matthew when I was 19, turning 20. I had Joshua when I was 23. I was a single mother. I had two baby daddies. Yes, I did. I have three baby daddies total. Yes, I do. You know, not keeping them was absolutely. An option. My adoptive mother was pushing for me to give up custody of my children and went as far as making sure that I did not have what I needed. She was hoping that I would just give up custody because I couldn't do it on my own. So it was healing to me, especially when they got to the age where they were in middle school high school um they're fantastic- the boys are fantastic athletes um and musicians, and I can remember going to their events and feeling healed that 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 I produced that that I was some part of who they were was always so healing for me. Whenever someone still to this day is like, well, well, they look like you or we all have the same nose. I'm sure they could wish I gave them some other feature, but they all got my nose. Whenever somebody says that, when someone says my grandchildren look like me or act like me, that is healing for me.
2: And so what I was saying for me, it kind of helped fill the void of not having Or ever seeing any of my relatives. And at first, for um, for my son, when he first came out, he did not look like me. (laughs) And I used to cringe, like, "Mm -hmm." he looks like me now. So that does help. But you also run the risk of you saying you want a little mini me. What if they don't come out looking like you at all? And that happens so many times. So even if he never ever looked like me, knowing he came from me. I don't think that would have ever affected anything whatsoever. So, you know, as far as Noelle speaking about healing, it definitely helps, you know, not to say that you need to have a child to heal yourself. Definitely not saying that because being a parent has so many challenges. But for me, I was always chasing that void. I think that was the biggest issue. I think maybe it's because growing up as a single, single growing was an only child, knowing I had siblings. I just always felt so empty. Like I knew there was more out there. So just having him just helped to fill it a little bit. And then I wanted to be careful of not putting a burden on him. Like I was like, I, I gotta, gotta be very, very careful with that. And I think to avoid that, making sure I don't put him on any pedestals or anything like that, just let him be his true self which is the complete opposite of how I felt I grew up.
1: Yeah, I feel like I burdened, especially my oldest son, I feel like I burdened him with the responsibility of being my family. I, you know, it was all about, it was the first time that I had a home, a real home with people that were, I was related to. And I think that I put a lot of pressure on him, again, with the perfectionism, but also pr- pressure on him for, um, you know, being loyal and, you know, all these kinds of traits that don't belong to children, right? Just expecting him to be my, as uh, I used to say, my little man. and And he didn't deserve that.
0: Tasha, you said something about letting your son, letting him be his true self and how you felt like you didn't, it was the complete opposite of your experience. And I resonated with that a lot. I felt like my adoptive parents wanted to morph me into something that was acceptable to them instead of allowing me to just be myself and whatever I turned out to be. And I feel like now I'm on this journey of trying to figure out, who the hell I actually am. And it's a really beautiful journey, but I feel like it could have started this way from the beginning and it didn't happen that way because of adoption. So, what would you say is your greatest joy as a parent?
1: I have raised three of the most stellar human beings. They are amazing, they're all doing so well in their lives. Um, they're well-adjusted, they're kind, they're thoughtful. But I think the greatest joy is that I made siblings. So when we're all together, all of the kids and the grandkids together, I I just kind of sit back and I just marinate in this joy. It just comes up from inside of me, knowing that I I created that. The way the three of them get along together – is amazing. And they're, they're so loving and they're such great siblings and they have each other's back 110%. And that is my greatest joy.
2: I'd say my greatest joy right now is the fact that he is growing up being an individual, being encouraged in things that he likes, just the pure the just the little kid in him, you know he's sick, so he's still silly, and the laughter and the joy, and you know I have a rough day and and he just wipes it all away and and that that brings me the greatest joy and I hope one day that he will have actual siblings from me he's got half siblings, but I can't wait for that to happen because being an only child is very lonely, and I want him to have someone and to have that bond. And not to go back to other things, but I think the reason I have one right now is because my only wanted one. And she made a comment, you have another, we're not going to be able to help, we're not. Gonna, it's going to be kind of a burden. I'm like not looking to y'all to help me if I have another child I'm a grown adult I'll figure that out so Noel I hope to be able to tell that story later on in life when I have another and they grow up to hopefully be awesome siblings um but seeing them grow is is so joyous and seeing the progress because he's high energy but like today at work I had a had to go in for a ceremony and he sat there for an hour and a half quiet. And I was like, oh, progress. We are doing better. We're getting there. So just, just seeing them grow up is, is such a joy. And I hope he grows up to be, you know, smart and athletic and all the things that every parent wants for their kid to do is just be successful and be themselves.
0: If you had to leave or give a message to adoptive parents or prospective adoptive or foster parents, what would that message be?
2: Okay, that was loaded. You said for adoptees as parents or for future
0: prospective adopters? For prospective adoptive parents or current adoptive parents. I would really
2: want them to consider creating a very safe space for conversation. To let them know that the adoptee, your child, is speaking to you about their feelings And to be open to that and to try to hopefully be able to leave your feelings at the door when they are expressing their experience of being an adoptee.
1: Similar to what Tasha is saying, I feel like it is so incredibly important that adoptive parents realize and remember that their child has lost something irreplaceable. Right? And that there is grief. Even in the youngest of children, there is loss, and they need to create space for that and not make it about them, but make it about that child.
0: And one last question for you guys What kind of legacy do you want to leave behind
1: as a parent once you've left this earth? I think my legacy is in the healing that I've done. I go out of my way to own. ways that I have wronged my children. I'm very public about the mistakes that I made as a mother and I think my legacy is them. They are amazing parents and they're so good to their children and that that is the legacy.
2: I feel like I'm so early still in my parent journey, but right now how I feel is leaving a legacy as a parent would be creating what I kind of what I said before a, a space being open to listen to your kids, knowing when to parent and when to be that that friend, you know being able to switch both sides, being able to even at a young age, if they're not interested in an activity or a sport, that's fine. I want to have a legacy of just being open, being
0: supportive, and being open to mental health. Thank you all so much. It was a really, really interesting conversation if I ever decide to change my mind and not be the cool auntie anymore i've i've gained some jewels from you guys yeah so i want to thank our editor sammy who edits each and every one of our episodes i want to thank sure for these lovely mics that we have and i also want to thank buzzsprout for hosting us on their platform and we will see you next week or we'll see you for our next episode on adoptees and mental health.